What do you think? Should kids work for their allowance or should it be unconditional? Today's guest, John Lanza, author of The Art of Allowance and creator of the award-winning Money Mammals, will challenge your thinking and encourage parents and kids to talk about sharing, saving, and spending money intentionally. The Legendary Marriage Podcast begins now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Every couple wants to have a great marriage, but the trials and challenges of life pull us in different directions. So we talk with amazing couples who share their stories and incredible experts who share their wisdom about building a life together. And at the end of every show, we give you a conversation starter so you and your spouse can build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having conversations that matter. Welcome to the show. This is episode 136, and we are your hosts, Danielle and Justin. Oh, hi. How are you doing there? Oh, <laughs> hello. Hello. Wake up. It's time for the podcast. <laughs> hey, we did just come back from vacation, so it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we're going to do stuff again. Detoxing from eating all the sugar and stuff. Um, and I haven't detoxed. Recovering from... Two days of driving. Oh my gosh! That that both days were like twice as long as they were supposed to be. I think there's some magical uh, multiplication when you have two kids and you're taking a pop up camper with you. I, I, it's, it's it's the like, RV thing. It it multiplies your time. You, yeah, as soon as you add a motorhome, travel trailer, fifth wheel, pop up camper, any kind of boat thing like that <laughs> that you're pulling behind. It somehow, it's not just that you're driving a little bit slower. <laughs> somehow it's like it ta- takes a 10-hour drive and turns it into a 15-hour drive. I don't know how that works or why it works, but it definitely is true. Um, and you take that on top of like Google says it's like 8.6 hours. And you're like, okay, we have kids. So it's like you're going to add at least another hour or so to that or another hour sure. and a half to that. But then you have to like take another half and add it on. It's crazy. It's crazy. But we're so glad to be back. And um, if you've ever experienced this, like hit us up on Facebook and, and let us know that we're not crazy. Yes. Um, I definitely know that we're crazy, but they well, yeah. that may not be the reason. Oh, man. That was our big summer adventure. We've still got a few little ones planned. So if you are uh, want to catch some of our hilarity, <laughs> uh, you can follow us over on Facebook and Instagram at... Legendary marriages. I don't know that other people find us as humorous as we find ourselves. Uh, I think they find us mildly no, entertaining. I, but, but like <laughs> I do, I do things for my entertainment, not theirs. If oh. other people laugh along at my jokes, at my at so my you're admitting, idiocy, you're admitting then, you're selfish, then, is what we're saying here. No, it's all I just, about you. I don't care what other people think. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want to have an awesome conversation with your spouse, maybe not calling each other selfish or, you know, laughing at ridiculous things, but you might try the check-in legendarymarriage.com slash check-in five minutes. You'll have a great conversation with your spouse connecting more than just about the chores, the bills, the kids and all that. Hey, speaking of chores, bills and kids today on the show, we have John Lanza money guy. He is the author of The Art of Allowance, a great book for helping teach kids how to handle money and the creator of Money Mammals, this DVD, award-winning DVD and youth savings account program. 
And Super cool. We had a fantastic conversation speaking with Speaking of laughs, we had a lot of laughs with John. Oh my gosh. And people in our free Facebook community got to watch it live. Oh yeah. Yeah. They that's to, super cool. In our free community, when we do the interviews, we actually broadcast it live with video into the community. So they get all the ridiculous behind the scenes stuff that we don't put in the podcast. But yeah. anyways, let's get to our conversation with John Lanza. Here we go. All right. We are so happy to have John Lanza on the podcast today. Man, he is just on a mission to help parents give their kids some great ideas about money and how some to handle money it. money smarts. Yeah, some money smarts. Ooh, we could all use some more smarts, right? Amen, he wrote. Sister. He wrote the book, The Art of Allowance, and he also has a podcast by the same name, The Art of Allowance. So if you're really digging what John has to say about teaching your kids about money, make sure you jump over to his podcast and check that out as well. Um, welcome to the show, John. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes. <laughs> Man, I've been looking forward to this one because yeah. we have, a, like right off the bat, I'm going to say we have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old and they've got wads of cash they saved <laughs> up from birthdays and Christmas and yeah. everything else. And it's like burning holes in their pockets. But and you know like what? We one... have to, on a daily basis, I'm like, no, we don't need to go out. You don't need to spend all your money on Legos today. Like we're going on, <laughs> we're like, and so like trying to get our align alignment with the kids and like us together on the same page about how we want them to, you know, think about their money and spend and give and save and all of that. So I'm so excited for this conversation. We actually have our five-year-old. She We call her the squirrel. Don't tell her we call her that because she gets offended by she it. She doesn't like the nickname, but it is... She finds... The squirrel is her spirit animal. She finds places to stick her money. <laughs> like she'll get like $5 in a birthday card. Yeah. She'll go stick it somewhere but then she does not remember where she put it. <laughs> and then she, cause she treasures it. She's a saver. Like I can tell she has the heart of a saver, yeah. mm -hmm. but then it disappears and she doesn't know where her money is. So <laughs> that there's probably a bigger metaphor there, but yeah. <laughs> okay. So John, like when you were a kid, so we're talking about our five and our seven year old. Yep. So when you were a kid, what were you like with money? Were you, were you a saver? Were you a squirreler? I was not a squirreler. I was, uh, I was, the, <laughs> I was a spender. I, I always call myself a reformed spender because I still, even when I'm just thinking about a purchase, I can feel the dopamine rush coming on. Like, <laughs> oh, this would be awesome to have this, especially for like technology. That's where I, I really have to rein it in. Yeah. I always want something, something new. I want, uh, and you know whether it's the new phone or it's a, you know, a, a the new MacBook Air, whatever it is, I know that feeling. And actually, it it makes it easier. You were talking about money personalities. It it makes it easier for me to relate to. I have two daughters. The one who is more of a spender, and realizing where she's coming from when she wants to. You know, she just has that feeling. I know that feeling. So no, I was. Definitely one who, when that money came in, it went out and it went out fast. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, how about your parents? Did they ever talk to you about money when you were a little kid? You know, not, not particularly, but they were both very frugal. I would see my dad do budgets on, he actually did his budgets on one of those kind of yellow line sheets, legal pads. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, my dad too. 
he would track everything. Yeah. And, you know, even down to like the, you know, the heating bill, he, he really was into it. He was also, he was a banker. I mean, so. so oh, well, money, that makes sense. Yeah. Money was a thing for him, but there wasn't, we didn't have conversations. I mean, he was relatively open about showing me that he was budgeting, uh, but that, but it was not, there wasn't, we didn't get, we got kind of an allowance for a little bit, but there wasn't necessarily a purpose behind it. And that, I think that's partly the reason that I've kind of gotten into this and into the purposefulness or the intentionality of it. Cause I, I do think it's important uh, to be intentional. Yeah. You know yeah. what? That's something that is definitely a pitfall that we fall into as parents is like when we know, like Justin's, good about remembering this but like when christmas is coming up or something like that he'll give them a list of chores that they need to do so that they are able to purchase something but they'll get an allowance for like the month of november or something and then once it's january it's like well good luck you're on your own again kid (laughs) Sorry, I, I blanked out after you said Christmas. My head was just playing Christmas songs there. What, oh, what did I do? The first Noel. You were super smart. That's okay. why I said. I'm super smart. Thanks. Okay, so John. I'm glad I got that takeaway. <laughs> so your dad is like the ledger man. Yeah. And your mom is very frugal. Like, did you guys ever clash over that? Like that you're like, I want to just spend. And they're like meticulously calculating things. <laughs> you know, it wasn't really so much uh, a clash. I think we know I didn't, uh, we, I just didn't really have much money to spend. Mm. And so like when I'm talking about spending, it's really, I mean, we did just silly stuff like this is we were in New Jersey. So we spent a fair amount of time in the mall. Like we are that stereotypical group of high school Ooh, students. We would go yeah. play oh, video yeah. games and then yeah. we would we were a little bit odd. I mean, we were kind of a bunch of nerds. So we would go to electronics boutique, which is where you would get that. That was kind of before GameStop. That's where you would go get your games. Oh, you know, yeah. John, we may be soulmates here. <laughs> it sounds very familiar to my high school. Year. I always went to Spencer's gifts because I didn't know what was in half of the store. Like I didn't understand most of it, but I was very intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. I was did like, you go to the, did you go to the back of the store? <laughs> I don't know. I think if I did, I should not have been in the back. Nobody of the store. should go to the back of the store. At Spencer's. <laughs> Spencer's gifts had some very interesting board games in the back I I feel board like, games and, and like sex toys. And it was, yeah, and, but they had some, cool. some quasi drug paraphernalia paraphernalia, but it wasn't really but it kind of like you know you could like you could like leave a bolt off of it and then all of a sudden it worked for that (laughs) like or you know well i always enjoyed the black light in there as there was always like a fun black light and you were not one of those black light lovers oh i love the black light I, yeah. that made it sound really derogatory i'm with you on the black light i mean when you say spencer gifts i immediately have a visual of white black silver and black light oh okay. yeah yes and all the posters man you could fly oh yes. you could have a million posters to pick from okay yeah but this is about you okay so you want to go to the mall us. with your friends and i i can dig that i just I, when was your first job did you ever have a first real like job where you're like dang what do i do with all this money i felt like i was so rich when i you know had a job at 16 i was oh, like danielle's gonna talk about her wads of no cash i'm not gonna talk about the wads of cash. from when she was a beer cart girl no i'm not gonna talk about that i'm just gonna say when i had my first job and i saw like hundreds on my paycheck i was like 
I'm a millionaire. Like, I don't know what to do. Um, how about you, John? Well, you know, I'd love to say that. I, my first job was a, as a camp counselor. So there was never, there were hundreds were just not really in the cards. I mean, when I look back, I cannot, it was, it was kind of like indentured servitude being a camp counselor. I loved doing it. And, uh, but it, it was not a big moneymaker. The first, the first time that I had that experience that you just had was when I had my first job out of college here in LA and I became a, I was a production assistant on a, on a movie. And I was like, Whoa, I was getting paid, you know, getting paid a pittance, but it still was like, Whoa, I get this. I get this every two weeks. Are you kidding me? This is great. Okay. First of all, John, you've had the most amazing jobs. I want to hear all about the production assistant and your other job. You just said your very first job. Tell us about that first job of yours, the camp counselor. I mean, Please say that you fell in love at camp and there was this cute girl and you went out in a canoe and like, please tell me there's something like that. Uh, no, I, I did not okay. fall in love at camp. Um, you know, I'm sure there was some camp, um, uh, alliances that we, that we, that, you know, that, that they're just the, just the natural, you know, the thing that happens with, you know, uh, Summer love. The different there may not have been a canoe. There. <laughs> there may not have been a canoe, but there was definitely some canoodling, is what he's well, saying. Well, John is pleading the innocent, you know, he's playing Mr. Innocent on this one. But I will, yeah, I'll take the I'll take the fifth on that one. But the uh but the best part about camp the camp counseling is the camp counseling, that doesn't sound right, is um uh, the songs. The songs were the best part. Yes. yes. And the songs that we sung to the camp were actually totally inappropriate when you think back. Like we, I was, we were just, we were singing this song in the car just this last weekend. It's called Mountain Dew, which is basically about moonshine, and you get the entire camp singing about moonshine. Yeah. Okay, and, wait. Let me hear this song because I don't know Mountain yeah. Dew. Can yeah. You, well, it goes. You, I'll, I'll give you the. Yeah. I'll give you, so Give us a little. They call, it, they call it that good old Mountain Dew, and those who refuse it are few, mighty few. So hush up your mug and we'll fill up your jug with that good old Mountain Dew. Yeah. Oh, he's even got that twang in there. And, and then, For then Southern it California, it, that was pretty good. And it's the, the that's the that is the camp song melody right there that yeah. it is it like as soon as you started out I, I was like humming along <laughs> you're um like, but you're I, like, those weren't the lyrics that we sang <laughs> please tell me that you used to love the movie disney's original parent trap where the kids are at camp do you love uh, that is like one of my all-time favorite movies it's like that quintessential camp thing i love it my kids love both the new the Lindsay lohan version yeah. and the old version i had never watched it until they watched it and i've I actually never i haven't watched the whole thing i've only watched like whatever bits and bobs i kind of catch the glimpses of it but you're but, like uh, that with my life not, there are not <laughs> many i don't need to relive it over there <laughs> there aren't many family movies that I can sit and watch over and over again. Yeah. Some of them are uh, pretty But that's rough. one of them. Yeah. yeah. Like, I appreciate it. I appreciate, you know, Frozen and all those, yep. you know, all those movies. And after the 47th time. Okay. Please of, don't talk uh, about Frozen because I actually had a dream last night that I was in the movie Frozen 2. Who were you? <sighs> no, let's not talk about it. That's Come totally on. derailed. What? I was like Elsa's best friend. Oh, of I, course. I heard you, Justin, singing, doing your best Olaf in one of your uh, podcasts. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I like warm hugs. 
<laughs> in summer. Yeah, there yes. you go. There's the Olaf. I am no Josh Gad. Okay, so I want to know about your, you were the production assistant on a movie set. How cool is that? What movies did you work on? Well, movies, no, I worked in animation. Okay. Um, so it was, it's not nearly as cool as it sounds because when you're in animation, things happen. It's just things happen in slow speed, you know, so you don't, it's not like the, uh, my roommate worked on some really cool movies because he worked for, uh, Steven, he worked for Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment. So he worked as a PA and the director's, um, assistant for, a, for a whole bunch of movies, but I worked on some cool movies. I worked on Bebe's Kids, which was an animated movie that Paramount released. It, it was Robin Harris, uh, who was a comedian. It was the first African-American animated feature. Um, oh, cool. Wow, it was cool. really cool. and It was really funny. Um, and it was interesting because Robin Harris, who was the comedian, had actually passed away. So they had this guy, Faison Love, do Robin Harris doing Bebe's Kids. And it's based on a bit that he did. Oh, that's and, uh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So when did you figure out what you were supposed to do with money? Like, did you ever like fall into that pitfall? Like I know I had when I had some of those first jobs in college age and it was like, you get these credit cards and you know, you rack them up and then you're surprised that you actually have to pay them. And like, how did it go for you in those early working years with money? <laughs> well, the last thing that you want to do with someone who's a spender is have them dropped in Hollywood, California. So that <laughs> not the best place to try to avoid conspicuous consumption. And <laughs> it's <laughs> did you get some plastic I surgery? I love that description of LA. Did you get <laughs> some un unnecessary plastic surgeries or extra yeah. kale or like what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's I wish I wish it were that interesting. It's um it just it, you know, so what I, the first thing that I did with uh, the money that I had was, well, first of all, I had a credit card that I got from in college and, um, and I had a $2,000, um, free pizza uh, credit limit. Right. And so I promptly used that to buy myself. Actually, I used it to go across the United States. I actually went across Canada to come out here. Right. But the Canadian dollar was really strong. So that was a bad idea on a number of levels, but now I know my Canadian geography really well, but I, that's how we paid for the trip. And then I paid that down and then promptly bought a computer on it. So I bought this, I had to have a gateway 2000 cause on the side I was doing yeah. graphic design. And so I figured that that was the way that I was going. So I had to buy this computer and it was a $2,000 computer and Justin, since we had our kind of nerd conversation before, it was a 486 processor. Oh, which, dude. Which was super exciting in 1991. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so that was, that, I got that, but I bought that on, on credit card. And that took me like, so I paid it off. It ended up costing, that $2,000 computer ended up costing me about $3,000 when all the interest was paid. And yeah. I did, that was the last time that I carried a balance of my credit card knowingly you know from time to time you forget to make a payment and, and then you have to go and beg the the uh, company to to take off the fees which yeah. is the hot that is really the best tip that i hear from and i hear it all the time but you know if you ever get any kind of credit card fee you can almost always get it taken off you just have to put a little bit of time in calling Ooh, credit card companies, yep. so. that's a good tip so you don't I'll get what you don't ask for exactly fine. So I want to hear, you have a lovely wife, Eileen, that yeah. you guys have been married about 20-ish years. I want to know how you guys met. 
Well, we <laughs> we met in a bar. <laughs> Interestingly right. enough, in it was in Hoboken, New Jersey, the home of Frank Sinatra. Um, we and both the cake boss. And is that Kate Moss? I didn't know that. Cake Boss. The Cake Boss. Oh, the Cake Boss. Danielle's boss. reality show. The shows, Cake yes. Boss. Okay. I, you lost me there for a second. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> the Cake Boss. Okay. And I went to Kate Moss. That's so once again. Mm, I don't know about her. <laughs> not, not the Cake Boss. <laughs> I don't know where Kate Moss is from. <laughs> I can look it up. No, uh, no, no, no. So we met in Hoboken, and interestingly, because we're both from New Jersey, she's from Hackensack, New Jersey, and I'm from Caldwell, New Jersey, but she had been planning, I was living in LA, I was just there for the holidays, and uh, she had been planning to come out to Southern California, which, so it really ended up being really, it ended up kind of being kismet, so uh, it worked out, you know, very well. It took, you know, it was a few years, and then we decided to, uh, to, to get married. Now, how did you know she was the right gal for you? That is a good, I mean, she was kind of quirky in certain ways. Like uh, she had some kind of odd things with music and like she sent me a mix. This was back in the days of mixtape. Oh yeah. In the, when the mixtape, she lettered off with the theme song to um, ABC's Monday Night Football which I thought oh, was just, yeah, ah. that's a girl right there, but yeah. it might not be your girl. If you're more <laughs> of a nerdy guy, that's not a sports guy. Yeah. That was definitely my girl. So I oh, was, yeah. I, I, and I kept it. So, so that, 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 those little quirks were, were, were enough for me to say, okay, well maybe she can deal with my, you know, quirkiness. And um, we just, I think, I think sense of humor is the big, the, you know, that's, that's what makes it, the key, we share a, a similar sense of humor and we made each other laugh and you know it sounds cliche but it, that's you know you're going to be going through years of having kids together you better be ready to laugh at whatever you can possibly laugh at right hey there it's danielle and justin we'll get back to this week's show in just a moment but we are super excited to share a brand new opportunity for you to invest in your marriage. I mean, you've got a good life, great kids, a nice job, a nice house, but you find yourself stuck in the roommate zone. Dun, dun, dun. You know the roommate zone, right? Oh yeah. It's that place where you're wrapped up in the business of life and the busyness and missing real intimacy and connection. It's a lousy place to be. And eventually it leads to a crisis. And the truth is, isolation that's the enemy every couple struggles sometimes and we all need the coaching resources and community to come around and support us now we realize not everyone can afford personal coaching or counseling and so we wanted to make it super easy for everyone to be able to invest consistently in their marriage and get the coaching and the resources and the support they need and have some fun along the way. Of course, that's why we've created Legendary Marriage Tribe. You can get transformational life coaching, awesome online training and resources, and of course, a powerful community that will support and encourage you. So if you're ready to transform your marriage and your family forever, find out more over at legendarymarriage.com slash tribe. Now, back to the show. Humor, definitely something that made us work in the beginning. But I feel like our sense of humor has changed. And I blame it on Justin because he's made it more dark than it used to be <laughs> and disturbing. He, he has this thing that he plays a game called chicken. Creepy chicken. Yeah. 
like he'll say the most disturbing, weird, creepy things just to like kind of get, get a laugh. And then if you don't laugh, he goes creepier. And so you realize you better laugh at the first one because then it's just going to get worse from there. You're going so down that's the, the kind hole. of fun that we like to have together. Yes. Right, honey? <laughs> yes. Wildly inappropriate. Please don't play creepy chicken on this podcast. No, no. Maybe for an outtake. That's not, that's not fit for public consumption. No, that's not. That's not. So you and I leave. But thanks for telling the world about it. Yeah. <laughs> You're thanks welcome. for outing the creepy chicken. Yes. Yeah. That's right. You and Eileen have two wonderful kiddos. And I know you kind of had a story about how you realized, oh my gosh, like we need to really get on the same page about this money thing. Can you tell us about how, you know, that kind of came about your business that's, you know, however many years old now, what, almost 20 years old? Yeah. Well, we... The thing that we realized when we had, so our now 16 year old was six months old and I'll I'll take a step back, which is, so I was saying I was a spender, but Eileen is like, she is a money maven. She's always been that way. So she was the aunt who would give savings bonds to her nieces and nephews when that was a thing. And somehow she's still the cool um, aunt. I don't know how that worked. Hmm. Wow. yeah, she just she, that's she bought her first car. She she bought a Jeep Wrangler in cash as her first car, right? I like this woman. Ah, yeah. that is amazing. I mean, this is she is responsible. Like we uh, live in a duplex, and so we could rent the front half of the duplex out, so that you know that that helps with our mortgage. Like these are just things that, and she owes a lot of that. Her parents were they were uh, investors as well. On the, they had a they had this rooming house where they would. Um, they had people come in and out and they just made, they, they did very well there. And so that was just in her head. So she just has an investor's mindset. Mm-hmm. And so when, when we had our kids, we realized, well, I was much more of a spender. She is more of a saver. So there are unique personalities, but we really wanted to be intentional about teaching our kids because we wanted to, we didn't want if they, if one was a spender for them to take as long as it took me to learn to get you there, get kind of our, our head, our money heads straight. Yeah. Right. So our, my natural inclination, because I, as being a camp counselor and then working in animation, so entertainment, some education, I just naturally went to let's do something that's going to make something that's kind of boring financial literacy fun for kids. Oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah, that was that's how it kind of all started. And we came up with this idea called the money mammals. And the reason I think the main reason we came up with the money mammals is I had this character in my head, Joe, the monkey, who's the star of the money mammals for a long time. But for a long time, he was just kind of this character in my head who did nothing. It was kind of like just I was going to write a book about this monkey who just walked around the neighborhood and didn't do anything. So it's kind of like a boring, curious George. And, <laughs> uh, was there a man in the yellow hat though? Which, I'm just no yellow hat. Uh, I, I hate to invoke Curious George because a lot of people, a lot of times, people would just be like, "Oh, look, they just." They uh, think I, I think Curious George is such a great example because you know everybody loves Curious George, and those stories are kind of boring. Like, <laughs> like, uh, okay. You know what's weird is the man in the yellow hat. Why is his best friend a monkey? Yeah, like that's like, weird. Dude, well, <laughs> hang with some guys. Like, have like, jeez. 
Well, I mean, is most it, of these things are. Is it his son? Cool. Is it his best friend? You don't know. Like, it's just a little strange. But anyway, the it's, money mammals started with Joe. Yeah. And the str- strangest is a part of kids' literature. I mean, you think about like, first of all, like Grimm's fairy tales, talk about that. That'll make, uh, that'll make uh, the creepy. Um, I forget what is a creepy, what creepy was it? Chicken. Creepy chicken. Yeah, that'll make the creepy chicken look like, you know. Yeah. You know, a uh, a very happy rooster. But you know what? You were talking about how like you would sing camp songs about moonshine. Yeah. Like if you look back at fairy tales, they are very disturbing. Yes. I was reading Hansel and Gretel. Like I think I forgot what the story of Hansel and Gretel was really about. Cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. It's about cannibalism, and I'm yeah. reading it to the kids, and they're like they're getting cooked in the oven. They're cooking her in the oven. And, and you know, then I'm instead like, of like rising above all of that and taking the high road, they burn the woman alive. I know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that story's going to the goodwill. We're not yeah. reading that again. Not dealing with those nightmares. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't it like in Cinderella, they, they, that the two stepsisters get their feet burned off. I think in the oh. real one. Yeah. They, yeah. yeah I mean, like shoes that either shoes that either impale their feet and or burn their feet. It's like some. Yeah. Dis- Good <laughs> Lord. You know what, John? We should well, start a, a pod- TV show. I was going to say, we there's should a start a podcast all just about that. <laughs> <laughs> about disturbing fairy tales. That would be a popular podcast. That could but okay. Be. So your mammals, their yes. origin story starts with Joe. Yes. So Joe, who at the time was, you know, boring, curious George, that's like, that's like boring to the second monkey. Right. <laughs> and so that's when we, so, so when we thought about this idea, I was like, oh, you know what, now I have something for Joe to do. And it might actually be something that people would be interested in. And then I created some of these other characters. So he would have his money mammals friends and uh, having the mammals was a nice filter because, of course, you know, we know that a fish would not be very good with money. No. And so, Wait, why, um, why wouldn't a fish be good with money? I'm just what about the bubble guppies? <laughs> I feel like they know a lot of things. Okay, we got to stop. We got to stop here. <laughs> now, the money mammals, it was, a, it was really, it was just alliterative. And it was just kind of a fun thing. Oh, to, so we're yeah. the money, because that's what, that's the, the theme song is, we're the money mammals, that's who we are. And oh, I like so it. Joe, his friend Pigs the Bank. He's an actual piggy bank. He's got his friend Clara, who is the one who actually shows him how to use the three jars, which we can get into. And so he, she teaches Joe. She's the smart one. And then we've got um, Marmoset, who is his sister. And they all play in a band. So we intersperse the story with songs and the whole idea is to get kids excited about financial literacy, about sharing and saving and spending smart, understanding needs and wants and uh, making smart money choices and then setting and saving for goals. That's so awesome. Now, I'm wondering, you said when your daughter was six months old is when you, you and your wife kind of were like, oh crap, we got to figure this out. And <laughs> yeah. when I'm looking at a baby that's six months old, I'm just like, we got to keep this thing alive. <laughs> you know, I'm not thinking about her college fund. I'm not thinking about like any of that in that moment. Like, when do you actually start teaching kids about money? Obviously at six months, they're going to choke on their money. They're yeah. just going to yeah. eat it. So like, when do you... Danielle, well, creepy chicken. Right. It's disturbing. It should be a fairy tale. No. What, when do you start talking to them about money? 
Well, you can start talking to your kids about money uh, around the time that are two. Once they express any interest in seeing any kind of uh, transactions that happen, and that'll happen before they're two. And you're not having any of these any detailed conversations. But I, what we're trying to do from the start is just to open up a dialogue. Like we want to make sure there's no taboo surrounding money. And then as as they get older, you have more sophisticated conversations. And and just just to be clear, the reason we were talking about this, that we, when we were talking about this with our six-month-old, we weren't having a conversation with her. And it was in between conversations about, do you know, we need to feed her and is she still alive? So yeah. Those, sure. Those... sure. <laughs> but you know what, These John? These things are not mutually exclusive, Danielle. <laughs> you know what, John? I have a theory on this though. You said you can start talking to them when they're two. It's like, we had this remind me of this when you said your Canadian trip that you took, by the way, if I were you, I would still go back and do that and rack up the credit card debt regardless, because that's an amazing trip. Yeah, but we actually sold our house at one point and took an RV trip across the US for about six months. And our daughter was one and a half at the time. Wow. So all she's seen the Redwoods, the Mount Rushmore, you know, the Grand Canyon, like she's seen all those places. And I just think that's something that can seep into their soul at a really young age. Yeah. And it doesn't necessarily mean like they're going to remember every detail of it. But I love that you're saying start at two. Like, what can they learn at two? Well, I mean, the only thing you're doing at two is, for example, that it's it can be transactional. So your two year old, when you go into a store, you can give her a dollar. Right. And just and say, you know, get something for your dollar. And she'll pick something out and you can help her, you know, you'll help her help guide her as to what she can actually pick out. And, you know, it might be $2, might be $3. What you really wanted to do is, is just start to recognize again at two and even three, they're not fully comprehending what's going on, but then you have them hand the money, get the change. They, they won't be able to count the change at that age. But the point is they're seeing a transaction. And that's a good thing for them. Like you said, kind of seeping into their psyche. You want, here's the, here's the best way to think about it is there's a term called emergent literacy. And don't worry, I'm not going to get, uh, I'm not going to bore people like. Uh, <clears throat> no, we're good on it. We're tracking with you. Emergent, emergent literacy is the reason that we read to our kids. We read to our kids because we now know that starting early provides the fundamental building blocks for later literacy for reading and writing, right? So yeah, yeah. we read to our kids when they're, you know, a month old. I and mean, I was reading right. my kids like right when they went, right when they first came out of the womb. That was and they're mostly asleep. And they're mostly asleep, right? Yeah. But they, we now know those are the building blocks. There is a, there's a term called emergent financial literacy. And that is ex, you're exposing kids mm. to the kind of social language of money by doing this. And so that's the idea. So now, because otherwise what they're doing is they're just seeing you swipe the card, right? So here they're realizing- that has really no meaning to a child. Zero. It barely has meaning to an adult, <laughs> right. And the, right. The adult is like, Oh, look at this. We got ice cream now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that that's the reason you, you just want to get, you, you want to kind of give them this money vernacular and that's how, that's how you, that's one of the ways you can start it now. Okay. We, we admitted to you that our allowance game is seriously off track here. <laughs> so, and obviously you've written a whole book about it. You have podcasts about it. Like, tell us like, what is the art of the allowance. Okay. But the first, the art is that 
what I outline in the book and the ideas are, are they're just their core kind of strategies, but it's going to be different for every family. And yeah. that's, that's what I want to get across to everybody here. So when I say a specific setup, you, you can adjust it for your family as long as you're kind of maintaining things within the kind of core of, of what, what the purpose is. So number one, the reason you set up an allowance is that you are being intentional about teaching your kids about money. And you want them to learn three core kind of fundamental skills. So one of them is distinguishing between needs versus wants. Another is setting and saving for goals. And another one is making smart money choices. And I think one of the key things is, so Justin, you were talking about how your kids are getting money when they, when they have gifts, right? Yeah. And what you, so as they start to get money, they need to realize whether they are being purposeful about, about it or not, they're making choices with that money, whether they're using that money and they're, they're deciding they're going to save it, they're deciding they're going to spend it, or they're, gonna, or they're deciding they're going to share it, give it to charitable, give it to a charity. They're making a decision whether they purposefully decide or not. And so the advantage of an allowance is that you set up a weekly uh, ritual where, they, where you force them to make those choices. So you set up a share jar, which is for charitable giving, a save jar, which is for longer term items, and then a spend smart jar. So you set those three jars up and then you give them an allowance. So you, when, the good time to start the allowance is around five years old. And so when they turn five and the, and the, the general rule of thumb is a dollar per week per age of the child, child, which translates to $5 for a five-year-old, $6 for a six-year-old on up. Uh, then, then there's something else. There's a bigger allowance. Dude, I used to get one dollar for my whole life. Of course, the tooth fairy I... didn't used to drop two dollars on a on a incisor. The tooth fairy just came last night, and that was pretty thrilling. And then we had to get out all our money and count. You're just all saying, of our it tooth fairy has raised morning. the financial bar to an almost unsustainable level. <laughs> I was at my brother's house and his son is about to lose his first tooth. He was like, he was talking about hundies. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> you got a whole mouthful of that I mean, stuff. My, my brother, of course, had the same reaction. He's like, uh, let's rein it in. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, you got a lot of teeth to lose, kid. Yeah, you don't even know how to spell hundred. You are not you, getting you need to take every dollar for every tooth lost and stick it into a savings account to pay for the orthodontia <laughs> that is inevitable. What That's about common. like the 80, 10, 10? Like, do you yeah. guide them and say like, okay, you need to put 80 cents in here. You need to put 10 cents in here and 10 cents in here. Or do you let them decide about it? Danielle, I'm so glad you asked because that is so... You can do 80-10-10. We are super lazy or we're super lazy. Now we're still super lazy. So what we would do is just take the $5 and use those $5 and say, here's $1. That has to go into the share jar. Okay. And that's because yeah. we're teaching you that. That's 20%. We want, right. We want to give you, we want you to be contributing to charity. So there's, there's yeah. $1. Then we take another dollar, another 20%. That goes into save. They don't have a choice about that because we're man, we want to mandate these choices because we we want them to learn that they should be giving to charity and that they should be paying themselves first uh, and or saving for goals. And that's, so those two jars, that's, that money goes in there still their money, but they have limited control over that. So the yeah. save 
has to go for something they save for longer term. The share is for charitable giving. And then the three, are, those are discretionary dollars. They can put them in the share and the save, or most yeah. likely they put them in the spend smart jar. And we call it spend smart just to kind of get in their heads that you got to be thinking every time you're making your money decisions. So well, that's the general setup. One of my daughters is actually getting to the point where, like, like I said, we have one saver and one one spender, and they have a kind of a lot of money to like keep in their like wallet or purse. And for a five year old to have as much money as she has, mm-hmm. I'm like, do we need to start like a She's bank? She's got more account? money in her purse than I have. Oh, in my definitely. Wallet. I never carry yeah. cash in my purse, um, but. <laughs> Like, how do you, when do you know how to start, when to start a bank account? And do you need to do like a savings and a checking or like, what do you advise there? Yeah, well, we started, so my my wife opened them up um, accounts. We found a credit union in our area that was giving 5% for the first $500. Um, So it's, yeah, so there, there are a number of different institutions that will do that type of thing. So that's a good way to go. I, I think for the younger kids, when they get gifts, you can give them a portion of the gift and then put a portion of it away. So, yeah. you know, at that age, say five years old, if they're getting uh, 25 or they're getting, say, $20, you could put $10 away and then give them $10 to spend. You know, yeah. it, it really depends on the savviness of the kid. And yeah. very soon after that. So as they get older, then you're going to develop a, you'll just set up your system to say, well, if you're going to get, you know, $50, then you got to put some into your, uh, some into your save and some to your share. But really for gift money, I would say for the younger kids, we, you know, you do want to take some of it and just put it into account. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then give them the rest of it. The reason you want to set up the allowance, because it's, it's a little different with a gift with the allowance, there's a purpose to it. And the whole purpose is that they're learning how to make these money smart choices, right? So they're getting the money and they're having to apportion the money. And then that gives you a context to say when they get the money for a gift, say, well, do you want to spend all of it or do you want to spend some of it and then put some into save and some into share? And that leads to the kind of the next step, which is that sooner than later, they're going to want something bigger that they can't afford with their spend money. And so that's when they're going to set up some, a goal on their save jar, right? So they want to have, and oh. what you want to do is kind of visualize that goal. So we set up a smart goal. Have you heard that term smart, sure. the acronym? So it's specific, measurable, um, attainable, um, relevant, and time-based. We can kind of go through that more if we want to dig into that later, but you want them to have that goal. The advantage of that is that then when they get a gift, they may say, okay, well, I'm going to take some of my money and put it towards that. And that may be what they need to put them over the top to get that, uh, to get whatever that goal is. Mm. But the advantage of the allowance is now you have a context for deeper conversations about that money. Sooner, I mean, pretty soon after their, say, I would say seven or eight, they're going to, it's their money when they get cash. Um, you know, I mean, and different families will treat it differently. You may just establish, you say, when you get cash, you're going to put half into the bank account and you get half, you know, however you want to set that up. You can set it that different families will do that differently. That's the kind of art. Um, but the advantage of the allowance is that it sets up a context for the conversation. And this is, this is where it gets kind of fun because now I'm sure people who are watching now will start to think, okay, well, how about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? And then let's, uh, that's that, um, that's, 
that we can I hopefully can answer some of those questions. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you, I'm sure you dive into a lot of that on your podcast, on the Art yeah. of Allowance podcast. Now, I'm curious, like, what do you find with kids that have learned these staples at such a young age? Like, how does that translate into them as adults? Yeah. I can't say that, you know, cause we're just, this is something that, that we're, that we're working on now. So they haven't, they haven't necessarily become adults, but I can tell you that kids that, that as they get older, having this information in their head just gives them a context for making a much smart, much smarter money choices. And it doesn't mean, but doesn't mean that they're going to make constantly good choices. I mean, my kids, even like our, our kids all the time, they'll, they'll make purchases that I'd be like, Oh God, why are you spending on, you know, why are you getting another shirt? You know, you have so many shirts, right? (laughs) even though we have set up a system where they have to write, where they have to um, give away a certain amount of clothes when they purchase a certain amount of clothes, um, the 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 it it at least there's a context. <laughs> so you've got one of your daughters here. Now that, that's yes. yes. Okay. So um, yes. so, you so mind? Here, you got to scoot over so you, so people can see. So we're gonna we're throwing this at John. So Mr. John is an expert on how to teach kids what to do with their allowance. Okay. What do you, <laughs> what questions would you like to ask him? about allowances what are the things that kids want to know what's allowance (laughs) she doesn't even know what an allowance is okay yeah what's an allowance okay i'll answer that for you so the allowance is something that your parents are going to give you so uh your allowance and and what's your name what's her name Allie. 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 Okay, Allie. So your parents give you an allowance to help you get to be money smart, right? And eventually by becoming money smart and learning to make better choices with your money, then you will be in much in terrific shape as you get older to have enough money to do the things that you want to do. What's something you want to do with your money right now? I don't really want to spend it on Legos, but I know I should save it for when we go to the boardwalk. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Well, one of the things you could do, do you do now, do you have any jars or what do you have? Pay, what, where do you keep your money, Allie? In a wallet. In a wallet. Okay. What I, what you might want to do is make, create a jar, just find a jar or Gatorade bottle or something and put on it a picture of the boardwalk or something that reminds you of saving. And when you get some money, just think to yourself, okay, I just got a gift of whatever, $10. I'm going to put two of those dollars or five of those dollars in the boardwalk jar. Before you know it, you're going to just have this huge pile of money for the boardwalk jar board for the, for, for your trip. The nice part about that is then you don't have to think about it. You do it, you, you put that money in. And then when you, when you go on your vacation, you have the money to spend, right? And do, do, the, do the kids have to ask the parents about spending that money or it's just, they can do whatever they want? They can do whatever they want within certain rules. I mean, they, you know, they can't rent, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street or something like that. But uh, oh, Freddie's back. Freddie's back. Um, He's brought the. Yeah, because that, that's one that that I would have is is like. What do you what, have to do to get oh. an allowance? 
Well, well, the way that we set up an allowance is that you get the allowance. You don't necessarily now. I don't. I'm not sure if I want to answer this question with your parents listening, because. (laughs) (laughs) But I will. So our allowance, our kids, our kids don't do anything to earn their allowance. What? Okay, they don't do chores, but. We do tell that we told them the reason that you're getting your allowance, the purpose behind it, it's not a handout, is to get to learn to become money smart. So in the case that they start to do things that are really, let's say, money not so smart, then we're going to have a conversation. We're not going to we're not going to use it punitively, and we're not going to we're not going to rip you know start start saying you're not going to get an allowance, but we might reduce the allowance. Um, we certainly would have a conversation about it, but we're kind of watching and helping you to make money smart choices. So does that make some sense? What if she does like, uh, I don't know about that. Should we give you money for that? Yes. <laughs> now, keep in mind, that's only going to be a certain amount of money. You're, there are things you're going to want that you can't necessarily get. You could do chores around the house that maybe you wouldn't get paid for. The, re- the reason we do this is that we're not paying them for things that we would not pay them for if, if, if we didn't have to, you know, if we, if we didn't set up an allowance. So, for example, making your bed, um, putting the dishes away setting the table, um, you know, it's different for different families, those things they have to do, right? So they, that's, they, they're required to do those. We're not going to pay them for those things. And even if they didn't want, need the allowance, like when they get older, they're still going to have to do those things because they're living in the house, right? I, I scared yeah. Allie away. Well, no. I would think she would want to stick around for this. Uh, like you yeah. don't have to do any she, work to get an allowance. Yeah. Because I would think she'd want to hear more of that because uh, that is shocking. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. I know. Yeah. I, Justin, you and I. Like I on the other hand, like I get it. I get it. Just the, the, the expense of, of giving them a few dollars a week to teach it's like a long-term game. Is yeah. much better than the long-term of them not developing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the smart money habits. Yeah. And, and keep in mind, like, so, and this is not an uncommon reaction. I have this all the time where people will say, well, I, it's tough to get my head around giving, providing them money. I think that's because part of the problem is that allowance is a little bit of a weighted term and people think of handouts, right? And it's not a handout because there is a why behind it. There's a purpose behind it. So the purpose is that you're teaching these kids, these core money, smart skills, you know, understanding needs versus wants, uh, setting and saving for goals, making smart money choices and giving them the opportunity to make choices on a weekly basis is really important because they need to understand that they, like I said before, as I don't mean to belabor this point, but it's an important point, which is that even when you don't consciously make a choice, you're making a choice with money. Mm-hmm. The so it's it's getting past this idea that allowance is allowance not tied to chores is a handout. It's not because there is a strong purpose behind it. But you have to tell them that on a consistent basis, like when you hand it to them, like. We're, we say, we're doing this to teach you about money. So you're going to put your money into the share jar, that charitable giving. We're going to put your money into the save jar. Here are the benefits. And, and I've seen this, you know, these are, these are from stories of, of parents who have talked to me about it is that now when something comes up for charitable contributions, they have the money for it. And they're right. not making a decision right there. That's not an opportunity cost 
of, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to get my Lego set because I have to give this money away, which is really hard. It's like, I've already accumulated this money. So now there's an opportunity to give $10, whether it's- Yes, and it's like a joyful giving at that point. Because you're like, it's just an extension of like, oh, of course I want to help this person and I'm going to do it. Yes. Well, John, it's been so cool to have you on the show. And I know our audience is going to want to key into your podcast and all the other things that you're doing. So let us know. How can we find you? What you're up to? Well, the easiest way to find me is to go to the money mammals, which is Joe, the monkey and his friends.com. And everything is there. So the art of allowance, uh, the money mammals, and you can get it. You can download a sample of the book. We have a lot of really great resources on there, including our social media links, but you can get um, uh, information. And if you're, if you're a parent of a teenager listening, there's a whole nother level to allowance. And you can find out about that on the site. You can go to the blog posts and the podcast, plenty of information to answer those questions, including some FAQs that uh, hopefully will be helpful to people. That's so awesome. And I know there's there's this, I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt because there's this super cool resource that John has on the website called the allowance Kickstarter worksheet. I was looking at this and it's, it's just a great way to start to have a, a healthy conversation around allowance and, and teaching your kids the, the smart money. Yeah. And that's free. So definitely go ahead and hit up the moneymammals.com. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Cool. Thanks, Danielle. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate you having me. Okay, we almost came to blows on the end of that episode. It started getting a little (laughs) dicey there. We're going back and forth about do kids have to do chores to do the allowance thing? Allie was elated over the fact that she was not going to have to do chores to get money. And we I still don't know how I feel about this. I know. It's so crazy, but I totally get where John's coming from. I totally get it. It's a long game. And that's yeah. the thing we have to remember is like we want our kids to be wise with money, not just now like saving up for Lego stuff, but in the future when they yeah. have a family and a job and all that. So I think this is keep one that in the, mind. I think this is one of the the most important conversations that most people aren't having with their kids. Well, you know, we talk all the time in our tribe program, in our coaching, uh, on our our master classes and things like that about four core conversations: sex, money, conflict, parenting. Well, see, the thing is, right? it, and and if we're not having those conversations together, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Then, then we're not having them and leading our kids in a healthy way because we don't even know because, where we're coming from. Because if we're not talking about sex we're not going to talk with our kids about it. If we're not talking about money, we're not going to talk with our kids about it. And that is a mistake. Mm-hmm. So when we move into the next segment of the show here, I, I really, I, I want to challenge you guys listening to, to have the conversations that matter here about sex and money and parenting and conflict and all of it. Yeah. All right. So here is the talk about it. Segment and now the talk about it segment of the show. Each week we challenge you to set a time with your spouse to have a conversation that matters. Is that your highlight of the week is saying that? It might be. All right. Here's the question. What values do we want to teach our kids when it comes to money? Mm, yes. That'll be a great conversation and it may lead to even more um, just between the two of you. All right. That's it for today's show. And as always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. 
So come join that conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you... Don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary. Legendary.